Welcome everybody to Mom Street USA. My name is Kate, aka the Dizzy Cicerone, and with me as always is my beautiful co-host Jackie, aka Wishes Mama. And tonight we're digging into a topic that I think is so timely because we're talking about fighting the holiday crowds. Uh, it's already pretty much started with uh, with Halloween time and uh, spooky season rolling and the crowds are are here and there's a lot of them and it's this is that time of year when it just escalates and gets to Thanksgiving and then we get Christmas and also New Year's after that so the crowds get a little bit intense so that's what we're talking about tonight um Jackie how are you doing this evening I'm good I'm excited too because I feel like I'm gonna take some of these uh tips and tricks that we came up with and use them on my next trip because I'm going to be there (laughs) really close to Thanksgiving time. So I have a feeling that the crowds when we're there are going to be a little crazy and that's okay. You know, it is what it is. We kind of knew that when we booked our trip, like, well, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to taking some of our own advice and (laughs) utilizing here in a couple weeks when we go. You are a brave girl. I am, I am, I'm traveling in the holidays time, but not that close to the holidays. So yeah, you know, when kids have school and you try your best to work around their schedule and my husband's work schedule, you know, it is what it is. So yeah, sometimes you, you have to go during the holidays and that's why they are so crowded. (laughs) It's not only because it's the the holidays themselves, but it is also, you know, kids out of school and all those kinds of things. So um, recognizing that some people can't choose to go other times of the year yeah that's what we're talking about tonight to help you uh how do you get the most out of your disney vacation how do you um if you're feeling overwhelmed by the crowds what do you do what are some of the strategies you can use if you're if you just have to go during that really really busy time so that's what tonight is about yeah and it's funny i was thinking as we were prepping for this episode i was like okay counting back i have been to disney during president's day weekend I've been to Disney during Easter weekend several times. I've been to Disney during 4th of July <laughs> a couple of times. I've been over Labor Day and now we're I'm just working my way through the calendar. <laughs> Goodness, girl. So, yeah. you know, we'll we'll see how this one compares. Yeah, and I'm getting some comments too like it feels like it never quite calmed down after the major shutdown um and it it just kind of is just keeps going. And I think that is true. We used to see like slow season versus like really busy season. And now it's just like busy season and like busier season. And every yeah. once in a while, there'll be a random slow day. I feel like it's what it is. Yeah. And it's, it's <laughs> a know? day. Like it's, it's not a, day. a week. It's yeah. not a couple weeks. It's it's a day yeah. that you get like, oh, these crowds seem pretty good today. And then the next day it's like super crazy again. It's like, well, that was nice while it lasted. <laughs> yeah. You just, it's just like a bonus when you, all of a sudden mm-hmm. there's light crowds and you're like, hey, this is great, but yeah. don't depend on it. But speaking yeah. of which, so let's jump in here. Should we yes. do... Um, before you go, let's talk about some things you can do as you're preparing for this vacation. Um, Jackie, do you want to talk about the first first one there? Yeah. So this is something that I used to do like every single trip that I went. I kind of just have a it ingrained in my brain now and I like don't even look it up most of the time anymore. Um, but that is looking at park crowd calendars. Um, and now the thing is, these can be very hit or miss. So you definitely want to look at a couple different ones to kind of get an idea of what your week is going to look like. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, if you're going the week of Thanksgiving, you're going the week of Christmas, uh, to new years, you're going any of those other holidays that I mentioned just a little bit ago, you're going to be looking at the top level 
of those crowds. Um, mm -hmm. But it can be helpful if you can stagger your trip kind of one way or the other, maybe not go directly over the entire week where it's going to be crazy busy. That may give you a better idea. Um, but there are tons of crowd calendars out there. I know Touring Plans has one. I'm sure Disney Food Blog has one. You know, all those ones that we've talked about that we've used for different things on our show previously. But it gives you an idea. And typically they do like a green, yellow, red type of situation where they'll give you an idea of what days are what or what weeks are what. So just doing some Googling and looking up those crowd calendars can at least give you an overview of if there's any days that are supposed to be really, really bad that you weren't expecting to be that bad. Yeah. And um, I'm getting a couple of comments about how they go during Christmas week every year and it's still it's super slammed. And uh, Taylor says this year's spring and summer holiday crowds at Walt Disney World have been a ghost town. So it, like it, like we said, it really yeah. depends on when you're going. But I really feel like consistently um, Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas, I don't ever see those being like crowds no. ever. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> they will always be busy. Yeah. Well, and something that you have to consider is if you want to see those decorations, if you want to see your Halloween decorations, you want to see those Christmas decorations, going earlier in those seasons is going to give you at least slightly less crazy crowds. So right. doing Halloween in September, doing right. Christmas, you know, early in November, November. but you, you, you have to be careful with November, depending on yeah. how much you want to see, because not everything is typically done in November. So you just kind of got to gauge what's important to you. Do you just want to see Magic Kingdom? Or do you want to see all the resorts and the gingerbread house and all of that kind of stuff, you know, so you have to kind of gauge with that, but trying not your best not to go during those school break weeks is going to give you less crowds if you're able to fluctuate your, your schedule that way. Absolutely. And yeah, that's something that I would always say is consider going early, earlier in November, but not so early like this for the, for example, this year, Disney World Christmas starts in November 11th, except for Epcot Festival, the holidays doesn't start until November 24th. So like mm -hmm. you could get some of Christmas, but you won't get Epcot Festival, the holidays and uh, Disneyland's Christmas starts November 10th. They're already put snow on their castle. <laughs> and it's, it's October 19th and they put right. snow on the castle. So they're, they're already starting prepping for that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, I, I usually go and you can also do hangover Christmas is what I like to call it <laughs> at uh, Disney world, which is uh, after new year's, they still leave the decorations up and they start taking them down about two weeks after, you know, January 1st, like mid January. So they still play the Christmas music and everything after new, after new year's for the first week of January. And uh, a, a few days after that, and then you start seeing them take down stuff every day. Mm -hmm. um, so you can always go in the Christmas Christmas hangover period as well. Just don't go like New Year's itself because that's still pretty busy. But yeah, give it to like the third or fourth at least before yes. yeah. <laughs> before arriving. But I do remember. I think Magic Kingdom left their tree up like an absurdly long time like, this past year. It was <laughs> like, like almost Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, that's say. Like it was really long. Like I remember watching our friend Kirk at Walrus Carp and Lamb at Magic Pants and Trash Cans doing their lives in the parks and being like, and the tree is still here. Because <laughs> like by that time you're over it. Like you want it to be done. Like we're ready to move on. Give us back yeah. the normal music and the normal decor and all that. But are like, nope, this is still up. Yeah. 
um stars to bright here says last year the decor was halloween on october 25th and christmas october 26th as far as the merch so like yeah. it's true magic kingdom does like a, a changeover like overnight like suddenly it's just christmas uh mm -hmm. disneyland does a little bit more of a staggered like mm -hmm. you don't see it necessarily instantly switch um but a lot of things do happen that day after halloween and suddenly they're like here it is you know yeah. so well in this year the last there is a halloween party on november 1st Oh. I think that's the last Halloween party that they're doing is on November 1st. So you so won't see, yeah. mm -mm. they may mm -hmm. not switch it until the second or the third, depending, I don't know, looking at a calendar to see like what day of the week or whatever, but the November 1st is the last Halloween party. So don't expect to see Christmas on November 1st if you're going to the parks this year, because it will still be Halloween for that day, for sure. Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah, good to um, know. <laughs> yeah, in terms of also planning before you go, I would say because knowing that there's going to be extra crowds if you really like you know you want to do kind of all the things you always do or like you like, really want to see everything uh you know consider adding an extra day or two just to account for the time that you're going to lose waiting in line for stuff because yeah. you will and it won't just be like attraction lines it will be bathroom lines vendor lines food lines merch shopping lines there's just extra lines for everything during this time. So yep. go into it knowing that and maybe account for an extra day or two so that you don't, you're, you, the time you lose waiting in line, you can make up with another day, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that's helpful with that is you can be a little more strategic about some of the reservations maybe that you make. Um, so thinking about like advanced dining reservations, if you're planning on making those, um, really think about what time of day you're going to want to utilize those. Um, I was going to talk about this later, but I feel like it's a little more pressing to talk about it now. But thinking yeah. about those timeframes, we've always encouraged and talked about eating kind of at off times or not peak hours that's especially helpful during this time mm -hmm. um, because the the restaurants won't be quite as crazy they're still going to be full there's still going to be people everywhere but you won't maybe have quite as many people trying to eat at quick service restaurants and things like that if that's the route that you're going but with adrs too also piggybacking that off of like okay i know by this time of day my travel party is going to be done and they're yeah. going to need, you know, we don't want to go all the way back to the resort just because of the crowds and because of it being so crazy and lines everywhere, but we're going to need a break. Okay. Yeah. So maybe you schedule a three o'clock ADR. Mm -hmm. So that way you can go sit down. You all, you have, everyone has a seat. Everyone has space to sit down. It's Sometimes inside. In the AC, yes. It's, or yeah, in although, the heat if it's cold, right. depending yes, on where, exactly. what the weather does. <laughs> yes. But planning those accordingly. Now, the trick is going to be getting the ADR that you want at the yes. time that you want, which is always a, a, a hassle, no matter what. We talked about this on our last episode with character dining. It can be really hard to get character dining or certain ADRs that you want, especially when some of these places do special Christmas things, you know, or they do special events or they have special outfits for the characters, whatever it may be. Um, you really have to work hard at those advanced dining reservations. So mm -hmm. one of the websites that I use is Mouse Dining, um, and I have alerts set up through them that will help uh, if there's something that, I'm, that I haven't been able to book um, or haven't been able to do or haven't been able to get or is not the time that I want or the, the 
party size that I want. Um, so I sign up there, you get, I think, six alerts for free on mouse dining. Um, so it's not even a paid subscription that you have to use, which is really helpful with that. Um, but I think there's a couple other ones that you've used before, Kate, right? Yeah, and I want to mention um, some people are asking. So ADR means advanced dining reservation. So it's yes. just Disney speak. That's all. Um, <laughs> so making a dining reservation in advance is an ADR if you hear us refer to that. But the the one that I actually have used a lot in this past year, and I am I'm full disclosure, I am an affiliate with them, but I actually really recommend them because I, I love it is uh, it's called unlocked magic dining reservation finder and it's also like there's a whole unlock magic like community of planning stuff but specifically the dining reservation finder it, I know it's 599 a month so you could just get it for just you know a month or two before your trip or whatever and and just get that and you know that's enough but um it not only does it email you when there's a reservation it actually texts you and so that I think is so handy because then you know instantly there's one because if we've told you before as soon as that dining when uh opens up for something you have to be on it like very quickly because they go like that so mm -hmm. um having it be able to text you is really helpful and also you can have unlimited ones so I've set That's a nice. reminder like I was trying to get one for something and I I set one for like every single hour of the day for like four <laughs> days of, of the, my trip because I just really wanted that reservation and I definitely got it. It like, nice. it took me a couple of days and then it, it pinged and I, I got my text and I did it. So that's yeah. called Unlocked Magic. Um, and I do have a, a link for that in my bio and we'll maybe put it in the show notes as well for you guys. Um, yeah. if you're interested in that, because that one is extremely helpful. Yeah, so. I think I'm going to have to check that one out because I have struck out on my ones that I've been using. I think I need double. <laughs> I need to keep my, <laughs> yes. keep my ones I already have and add some more because I literally this past week, so I have one set up for Topolino's and one set up for Ohana. Um, and literally this week I was, I think, I don't remember, I think I was watching your live and the one, one for Ohana came through and I like, I was not ready and I missed <laughs> no. it. And I was like, no, oh, that's so frustrating. <laughs> I know. And I was like, that's the second time for this trip that I've missed one. So I may need to, I may need to add some more, some more alerts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Katie O says she loves those pings. They're so exciting. I agree. Like you're like, yeah. oh, it's open, yeah. it's open. Go, it's go, like, go. <laughs> like, I was not ready. It's happening. It was, I was, I was not ready. I was, I, I let my guard down. I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> I've, I've, I've made a dining reservation like on a ride before because it pinged that. me in the middle of a ride. I was like, but you know, I go on these rides all the time. So I don't recommend that if it's like your only time to go on a ride. I just, yeah. you know, for me, it was not a big deal. And I That's made sure funny. my screen was low and stuff. So it wasn't bothering right. anybody. It was just like, right. <laughs> um, go, go, go. And well, the nice thing is with those, like you, it's really only like two or three pushes of a button and like it, it does it for you. Cause like yeah, it already it, like, has it linked and ready it to go. Yeah. It pulls it up. Um, and it will ask, it'll ask you to sign in to your like Disney account and then it will pull up the reservation if it's there or it will come up with little lady in the tramp and like something's gone wrong or whatever it says. And you're like, so sad. It means it's not available yes. anymore. I do That's suggest sad. if you have the ability to use like face ID or something that you have your Disney account set up for that, because it will, it will take you directly to the Disney website and ask you to log in. So the quicker you can log in, whether it's face ID or whatever i don't know what android has its equivalent of that but <laughs> i don't know whatever that is user. make sure that you have it set up because that will save <laughs> Do you they time have typing. That? i don't even I don't know. know i don't know if you are an android <laughs> user let us know um but having to like sit and type in your email and password you will lose you will lose it it will not be available anymore 
Maybe they have fingerprint. That's what he said, okay. fingerprint. Okay. okay. So whatever yeah, it may be, <laughs> the quickest way possible that you can do it, make sure that you're ready to go with that. Okay. Everybody's saying bioma biometrics, fingerprints. That's what they okay. got. Perfect. And uh, I, yes, they do open, the reservations do open up 60 days before your mm -hmm. dining reservation. So 60 days plus the, the length of your vacation uh, for yes for Disney World and Disneyland if you're staying at a resort, um, but otherwise just 60 days from, mm -hmm. from the time. So um, now Disneyland is a little bit trickier because the time that it opens up, I've seen them all over the place. It's not mm -hmm. like Disney World is 6 a.m. Eastern time on the dot. So 3, 3 a.m. <laughs> Pacific time, 6, 6 a.m. Uh, Eastern time for the 60 days previous for Disney World, but for Disneyland, it is, uh, it, I've seen it at 6 a.m., I've seen it at 3 a.m., I've seen it at midnight. It's like, it. you just don't know. So right. I stayed up all night one time trying to get a Blue Bayou reservation and it didn't happen. Oh I was gosh. so mad. It just like didn't open them up and I was like, great. Oh, <laughs> so that's so sad. It's yeah. so sad when that happens. You stay up late or get up early and you're just like, <sighs> yeah, well, I was very okay. tired the next day. For, yeah. It's one thing if you like got all your reservations and it was worth it. And I was like, this right. is not worth it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yes. that's that. Those are some suggestions for before you go of uh, just kind of prepping for the holiday crowds. So um, I do have a couple of tips for traveling to Disney. I do so much flying. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I think, uh, my friend Kirk asked me this week, he's like, how do you do this all the time? Because I do it once a month. I fly to Disney and he's like, he was exhausted because it's, yeah. they had the time change, you know? And yeah. I was like, honestly, I'm just so used to it. I'm just like, I just work on the plane and I like know what I, I have my routines of the things I put yeah. in my pouch and like, I'm just so used to it. <laughs> um, but I will say traveling during the holidays gets a little trickier, not only because everybody else is traveling, but also because mm -hmm. of the weather. The weather can get really bad this time of year. Um, and there gets a lot of snow middle of the country and whatnot, depending on where you're flying or the eastern seaboard. Um, so I would just say leave a lot of extra time for travel, um, especially with security lines can get extremely long. Don't, you know, like maybe an extra hour for security, you know, like especially if you've got littles and they have needs and you've got strollers and car seats and extra bags and everything just leave yourself a lot of time so that you're not stressed um, and worried about all those things um same with leave some extra time in case your flight is delayed on either side of your vacation so mm -hmm. as you're like booking your vacation recognize that you don't want to plan something that's like the one thing your kids want to do don't plan it for like the morning of the next the, your first day nope because you might not get there if there's a delay with your flight and yeah. then everybody's heartbroken and it's not like it's an easy thing to rebook. So just, you know, just, just make a little buffer time there. And the same thing on the other side of your trip, coming back home, knowing that it's possible your flight might get delayed or canceled or something. So, you know, try to leave some time so that you don't have to immediately go back to work or school or, whatever it is, you know, that that's my best advice for that. Just leave a little time for the holidays. For yeah, that. I agree. I mean, I do that and we drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. feel like I, I never want to, yeah, run off to something right when we get there and I don't want to leave anything else till the last minute and I don't want to have to be rushing off to something when we come home. 
Um, so I agree. Even this trip that we planned, we have a whole buffer day between the day that we leave and the day that like my husband has to be at a thing for work. So we yeah. have a whole buffer day in between one, because if we do get home on time, we're going to need to sleep and like readjust back to life in Ohio. But two, because even if we're driving, travel can be crazy. Like you said, we have to drive through mountains. Yeah. There's snow in mountains, especially in November, yeah. December. So having that, the ability to know like, okay, we can stop and we're going to be fine on time. You know, if right. we need to stop somewhere overnight, let's stop somewhere overnight. So we, so we're safe. Right. No, I agree. And I, I do have a, a comment too. It says, I always just do a hotel day during flying days. And I think that's wise. Mm -hmm. um, so that you're not immediately jumping into the parks and, and you bought a ticket for the parks <laughs> and, uh, you right. know, making, making sure that you have that buffer time just for your own peace of mind. Um, and also I will say this might be a, a little bit more applicable to Disneyland than Disney World, depending on your personal transportation from the airport. But this was something, um, I take a lot of lift rides all the time now. I've met a lot of really fun lift drivers. <laughs> <laughs> I met a great one one time who was like talking about he went to all these barbecue places all across the U.S. and how he was writing a book about barbecue places oh. and he told me all about it. <laughs> so, nice. All right. You, you meet a lot of people when you do lift a lot. So anyway, he was really nice and he told me that particular person told me that uh, in Anaheim, a lot of people will miss their flights out in the mornings because it's very hard to get rides in the morning um, mm -hmm. back to the airport because some Lyft drivers just don't want to take it. So it'll just like somebody will get booked and they'll cancel and somebody will get booked and to get to cancel because Lyft automatically assigns it to a driver. And if they don't want to do it, then they just kind of like say, nope, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And you'll just get you'll cycle through drivers to the point where you will be late. So the best thing you can do is to pre book your ride and pay mm -hmm. for it in advance. You actually pay a better price usually anyway, sometimes not, but yeah. usually pay a pretty low price for that. Um, have it booked in advance so you know that you're going to get it at least back to the airport so you won't be late for your flight. And I think this is especially true during the gr cr busy Christmas season. Um, make yeah. sure that you are pre-booking your Lyft or Uber ride. Yeah, that's so. super smart. I've got a really good comment from Tiffany over here that mentioned always packing. Like if we don't get home right away, we have what we need. She mentioned she has a kiddo that needs some medicine that they want to make sure they have. So if your flight gets canceled, you may not have access to your luggage. Yes. So make sure that your carry-on has your necessities in it. If it's medication, if it's you need to change a clothes, if it's formula and diapers for your kiddo or whatever it may be, um, making sure that you have that packed in your bag, especially that's good for all times, but especially for these crazy holiday times. Yeah, that happens sometimes when I I did a red eye and I, I didn't get make my connection because of them, like their their flight was delayed. I didn't make my connection and I had to stay overnight in a hotel and I didn't have my checked bag. <laughs> I only had mm -hmm. my carry on and I was so glad that that point I had I had Put my pajamas and my toothbrush and stuff in my carry-on so nice yeah very important with uh especially during the holidays just mm -hmm. in case something happens and we've all seen those horror stories of like people stuck at airports for hours and hours like just have some things for your family and for yourself um that you need your necessities i think is wise especially yeah. during the holiday season yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Trent says, and your laptop because oops, my flight is canceled. Need to work from home. Yes. <laughs> yes. Whatever you may need if that flight gets canceled or you miss your connection or whatever it is, just make sure you've got it with you. 
Yes. So wise. <laughs> so right. um, do are you have any other to... traveling to Disney? Are you I don't think ready? So. Are we are okay. we ready to do at the parks? Let's do it. This is this is the getting down into the crowds here. All right, everybody breathe. It's a lot of people now. <laughs> <laughs> breathe through it. Practice your, your meditation, <laughs> your calming techniques here. Um, okay, so we've got hopefully some good advice here. A lot of this stuff you actually probably will hear, have heard us talk about before. Um, my biggest suggestion is, is use, utilizing rope drop and early entry. So getting there early because there are a lot of people that when they run on vacation time, they don't want to get up early. So if you can get there at rope drop, be ready to go tackle your most important rides first thing in the morning, the crowds are going to be lower than they will be in the middle of the afternoon just yep. for that, just because of that. So um, paying attention to those park hours, making sure you know um, when the park is open and double checking it the night before. We've talked about this previously where sometimes the hours will change, especially during really crowded times, they will extend those hours for the parks. Um, I've seen it happen. I've been at trips, I've been on trips during the 4th of July where we were literally at Magic Kingdom and while we were there, we got a notification that they had extended the hours that night because it was just so busy. So like I've literally been in the parks when it's happened. So just keep an eye out on that and just double check it and make sure, check the signage in the park. A lot of the times they have the hours listed where they've got the wait times listed. Just take a glance and just double check yourself with that. Um, and also paying attention to party days because that can heavily influence crowds. If it's yes, a party day, if it's a non-party day yeah. um, at Magic Kingdom. And then now this year also at Hollywood Studios, um, paying attention to when those Jollywood nights are because that could adjust crowds one way or the other, depending. That one, I don't anticipate it swaying crowds quite as much because it's only an hour earlier closure. So typically Hollywood Studios closes at nine, but for those Jollywood nights, it's closing it's closing at eight. So not a huge difference, but we'll see what that does with the crowds whenever we kind of get to that point. But paying attention to those dates and planning accordingly based on what kind of tickets you have and if you're going to a party or not and those types of things. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I'm getting a whole bunch of comments here about, yes, rope drop is the way to go and how people ride so many rides during then. And also one that says, my sister missed her 30 minute magic hour due to the line at the gate and got it at normal opening. And that is true. Oof, you have to leave yeah. extra early, earlier than you think you have mm -hmm. to leave to get those extra, that extra magic time. So it's a, yeah. uh, you really, it's like way earlier than you think it should be. <laughs> I feel like yeah. it was like an hour and a half was what I left before. Yeah, and it depends on, and, and it, de it somewhat depends on what mode of transport you take getting to the parks, it's but true. sometimes it doesn't. Like obviously the monorail to Magic Kingdom is not gonna be too crazy, but even then those monorails will fill up at the ticket and transportation center they'll fill up to the and then there won't be any room for you to get on if you're at one of those resorts too so keep that in mind because they a lot of the times during really busy seasons they utilize both tracks whether it be just the magic kingdom loop or the resort loop so just keep that in mind too you want to make sure you leave yourself time in case you have to wait a couple monorails um, same with the skyliner you're gonna when you hop off that hub where you you know connect to readjust which line you're going to those lines are gonna be extra long. So just leaving yourself that extra time. We typically say leave 45 to an hour before, so I'd say at least probably an hour and a half is gonna be in your best bet. 
Yes, 100%. And um, Dreaming Disney Darling says, I love with large crowds leaving midday and coming back later at night if I have a longer stay. And I, yeah, that's a great strategy. We we mm -hmm. say always take a break in the afternoons if you can with littles just because it's, it's a lot. They're long, long days in the park. So also considering doing a holiday party for one of your days instead of a ticket a day. And we have done this in the past with um, Mickey's Not So Scary. It can be really helpful to utilize just your party ticket for that day and not try to go in in the morning if that's a, a well-needed break that your group might need. Um, I will also say that we have seen historically in the past that if you're someone who's got a hopper and you're not going to a party, those party mornings at like Magic Kingdom tend to be slower crowds. So if you're able to hop, you're able to start at Magic Kingdom, they usually have a really early opening that day. So early entry is even better. When if you can get there that early and then hop to a different park or maybe just that's a day that you know the afternoon and evening you're just going to take a break because you've got extra days planned or whatever it may be. But but kind of playing around those ho those holiday parties like we talked about can be really, really helpful. Yeah, I agree. And um, yeah, Dreaming Disney Darling says spend a day shopping or checking out resorts during party ticket days. That's also a really great option as well. I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. I'd also say planning when you're planning your day, I would really focus on maybe working opposite what the crowds are doing. And we, we talked about this a little bit in terms of like your dining reservations, you know, um, tour early, doing an early lunch break, like as soon as those restaurants open, you know, around 11 ish uh, or 1030, depending on what it is. Um, and then doing early dinner as well, you know, like around five o'clock ish. And then, um, and you can also then, if you don't want to see the nighttime shows or you've already seen the nighttime show at that place, then you could do rides during those nighttime shows. So the crowds are all in the hub watching fireworks and you're riding all the rides because the lines are short, you know. So mm -hmm. going where the people aren't is a great <laughs> strategy. Yes. Be doing, doing, being weird. Be weird and do what people aren't doing. Do the unpopular <laughs> things and that will help you. A whole lot. <laughs> yes. And also using those park hoppers. If you're someone who you know you're going to get park hoppers for your trip and you want to be able to have the ability to be flexible and move, you know, if you get to a park in the morning and it's a couple hours in and you're like, this is not the vibe, then you check your app, you utilize your park hopper, you go to a different park where maybe you see on your your app that the wait times are less or you know like hey we just want to go eat at world showcase okay that's a little bit more manageable than like waiting in rides you know things like that that you can you can manipulate and use that park hopper and just have that flexible plan you're going to have to know where you want to start each day to know what time you need to get up and what time you need to leave and all those types of things but utilizing those park hoppers especially when it comes to those park hoppers are are going to be opened up all day in january that doesn't help you necessarily for this current holiday season coming up <laughs> but future holidays starting in 2024 you'll have the ability to hop earlier in the day um, and definitely use those things to your advantage to help you kind of maneuver around the crowds yeah, and I'm getting a question. Is it worth park hopping at Walt Disney World since parks are more spread out, um, travel time, shuttles, those things? And I, it really depends on your budget and your mm -hmm. family um, mm -hmm. and how you like to tour. So, like, when I had really little kids, we just did one park per day. And that was plenty. Like, we just did, like, Magic Kingdom this day, Epcot on this day. 
um as my kids got older like they want to do like the big rides over here and then we want to go and do the big rides over in this other park and so it really depends on your family mix and also your budget because park hoppers are a lot more expensive than single day tickets so i would say it can be worth it if you have limited time and you have the budget for it i would say park hopping is is worth it but i don't think you need to at walt disney world i definitely think it's worth it at disneyland because it's so easy to just walk across the plaza to the other park Mm -hmm. and you can also take advantage of both nighttime shows that way you can get from one to the other so um yeah that's my take on it i don't know if jackie if you want anything to add yeah i agree um even with my kids are five and seven we still don't park hop usually we usually do one park per day but i will caution you during holiday times and that's specifically what we're talking about this evening but during those holiday times if you don't have more than one day at like magic kingdom that's going to be really really tough so if you're doing the one day or one park tickets you're going to want to make sure you you plan for a second day in magic kingdom if you aren't able to schedule wise make that work then i would maybe suggest doing the park hopper for that purpose just to make sure that you're able to get to some of those things because the other thing you have to consider is especially at magic kingdom the nighttime show is not every night because of those party nights so if your magic kingdom day has to be on a party day or you're doing part of that you're going to miss out on happily ever after because they don't show it on those party nights um Hollywood Studios, it does look like they are doing a Fantasmic for the day guests still, despite Jollywood. It's just early at 7.15, I believe, whenever I looked on the website, that's what it showed. Um, so not quite as as big of a deal there with that nighttime show, but with Magic Kingdom, you really want to make sure you give yourself enough time because there's just so many different things to do between attractions and shows and parades and fireworks and characters and all of that. Yeah, for sure. Um... I did have a question here. Do you have to buy park hop separately? And park hopping tickets are like just a separate kind of ticket that you purchase. Mm-hmm. So it's an it's an upgraded ticket from one part one park per day. So if you do a package or whether you buy them separately, it's like you can either buy one park per day or you can buy park hopping tickets. So it's the kind of ticket. And yes. uh, Lem's giving us comments about how you're not supposed to literally bunny hop across the way at Disneyland, which is so funny because I actually put that in my book that I wrote. It is in your book. And I think (laughs) about that every time someone goes to park hop is I think about your characters in your book literally (laughs) hopping across the plaza and then crashing and getting hurt before they make it to the other one. Don't give it all away, Jackie. (laughs) That's all I said. I'm not. I'm not saying anything else. That one is in my uh, Where the Fireflies Dance book that's about Disney history live streamers at Disneyland. So um, thanks, Um, I will also mention just quickly while we're talking about park hopping and park hoppers that if you um, start with a base ticket, you do have the ability to upgrade your park ticket to a park hopper. But do keep in mind that regardless of what day of your trip you're on, you will have to upgrade your entire ticket. So if you've got a four-day ticket, and on day two you decide you want to upgrade it to a park hopper you're going to have to pay the difference of the full four days 
So keep that in mind. That's the way that Disney does it when you go to upgrade. Um, so keep that in mind with your budget if you're wanting to do that. Um, and Ryan asked a good question over here. If I don't have a park hoppers, can I come and go in the same park all day? And absolutely, yes, you can. You can come and go as much as you please. With park hoppers, you can do the same. Come and go in with, with um, whichever park you're visiting or parks you're visiting um, as much as needed. You don't, don't need to worry about that. Um, the only issue is like... Christmas Day and New Year's Day, if you leave, there is a chance that they could reach capacity before you're, you come back. So it wouldn't necessarily be a, a ticket issue, but it could be a capacity issue. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Um, I know New Year's Eve, pretty much every year, Magic Kingdom hits capacity. So paying attention to what time you want to get back by. Um, is really, really important because just because you were already there th during that day, if they're already at capacity, they're not going to let you in. Yeah, that's a very good tip. Yep. Um, we talked about planning extra time to get everywhere. Again, same thing as you go in the parks. What would normally take you walking from Haunted Mansion to Space Mountain, you know, maybe 10 minutes is going to take you at least 15, probably just navigating through the crowds, especially if you've got strollers, finding stroller parking is going to be more of an extensive process. So you've just got to leave that extra wiggle room for everything that you need to get to, whether it's dining reservations, whether it's lightning lanes, whether it's just one attraction to the other, just keep in mind, it's going to take you longer than normal to get there. Um, I do have a question from Joanne who says, what do they do special on Christmas day at Magic Kingdom? And I'm pretty sure they have a parade Right? So they will do the parade that is featured in the Very Merry Christmas Party, like the 23rd, 24th, 25th, usually. That's mm -hmm. typically historically what we've seen. They will not announce it. They will not publicize it. They'll just do it. Just like, and here's the parade. Yeah. And <laughs> it'll just replace the parade. Um, so that's typically what people go for because that's something from the party, which is an extra ticketed event that people will like to go and see um, without having to pay to go to the party. So yeah. if you want to see the reindeer and the tin sol the you know, toy soldiers and all of that stuff in the parade that does happen outside of part the party hours on like i said typically 23rd 24th 25th ish um that's the only thing that i know of i don't know for sure if they do that with the fireworks too i want to say they do i feel someone, like they do say if someone I... in here knows for sure lem if you're still in here you probably know better than we do um but i think that they do the fireworks as well for the christmas I've heard rumors too that they're going to start making it snow on Main Street more this year for Walt Disney World, like they do at Disneyland. Mm. Like Disneyland has a special, um, like they do a little castle lighting ceremony, like multiple times during the evening. And when they do that, it's just like a quick, like five minute thing. And then they, it snows on Main Street mm. and, uh, um, for a couple of minutes after that. And so it's that like super be. magical. So I'm hoping that they That'd put it on Main Street USA in Disney yeah. World as well. But Jackie, <laughs> do you want to talk about uh, managing your party's expectations a little bit? Yeah, I think this is super important because whether you're using Genie Plus or not, managing your party's expectations for these lines because you may see a little bit longer waits even if you're using Genie Plus. But I do recommend you use it, especially during these holiday times if you're able to budget for it. Um, and I, this is one time of year 
where I suggest it pretty much at all of the parks, no matter what, if you're going during those, you know, you've looked at your crowd calendars and all of your days are in the red, they're going to be really, really busy. I would just suggest budgeting ahead for that Genie Plus or those individual lightning lanes, whatever it may be to help shorten the lines. Um, but also having a plan if you end up waiting in a line longer than expected especially if it's around a meal time if it's you have to make sure that you know before every line you stop at the restroom for your little kiddos to make sure that they go having a snack having some an, an extra game or something that you can pull out you know as parents we keep those little things kind of hidden away and as like a secret backup pull those out <laughs> in line you know all of those yes. things that you can do <laughs> to help make sure and i will say managing that for your little ones but also the big ones that you travel with and some of them may also need an extra snack in your bag just in case we don't need the hangry so adults in line as well i know we've all experienced that one way or another somewhere whether it's our family or something we've witnessed so just having those things um in your bag so that way you're ready and not leaving them in the stroller because you may not have easy access to get in and out the majority of the time one person could run to your stroller if you need to but having those um on hand is super important and tran has a good one the dum dum lollipops are a savior that's a really yes. good one because they don't uh they won't melt very like they're they're fairly good in the heat so if you're there during fourth of july or whatever it may be um but yeah having having a little snack or a sucker or a little a new little fidget toy or whatever it may be just have something and hopefully maybe you won't need it and then yay on the way home look we have this cool thing you made it through your trip you can play with it on the plane on the way home or in the car on the way home um, but having that will be very beneficial yeah, and for older kids to making sure that you have enough uh, fuel rods or power banks and stuff to make sure if you're in line for a really long time to charge those devices, whether you're playing something as a family like heads up or they're on you're on your individual devices or taking pictures or whatever, just uh, you might be in line longer than you expect sometimes. So just having something to charge your devices in case something goes down, I think is always good while you're waiting in line. So. Yes exactly um and also kind of mapping out and knowing where maybe if you need to step away from the crowds to the best of your ability when it's super busy kind of knowing those places that you can go um, where it's not going to be quite so busy kate do you want to talk about some of those a lot of these we've mentioned before but yeah um so baby care centers are great for kids who are, are melting down we've talked about that before there are some quiet spaces in there it's also good for kids with special needs and things like that who gets like sensory overload um and disney world we've talked about uh tom sawyer island is a great one to get away from from at all <laughs> essentially it has some great views and quiet spaces there uh tomorrowland terrace the muppet courtyard area in hollywood studios the aquarium in the seas building in epcot um the walking paths in animal kingdom uh behind flame tree barbecue also in animal kingdom uh, if you're in disneyland i would recommend you can't do it right now because it's under renovation, <laughs> but behind Fowler's Harbor, usually, uh, and also behind Pooh's Corner, the Hungry Bear Cafe, the top level kind of in the back, although you do have the the train on one side and the, and the cannon from the Columbia on the other. So if they're 
noise issues, just know that that does happen there. Uh, but it's usually a nice place to get away from from people for a bit. Um, also, the Golden Horseshoe is a great one. It's a it's a quick service restaurant, but especially in the off hours, it's a little quieter in there. And upstairs is one of my favorite places to just kind of like escape. Um, and uh, then in the Corndog Castle in DCA is a great one as well. There's kind of a seating area back there in California Adventure. Then also Paradise Gardens is a great place to sit there. And it's it's really nice. It's a it's kind of like sitting in a garden. Uh, behind Flo's VA Cafe is also great. And you can watch the cars go by. So that it helps entertain littles a little bit. And then the World of Color viewing area during the daytime is often a place, not necessarily shady, but it is a place where kids can run around and have spread out just a little bit. Um, and then the trail behind Grizzly River Run is also a very quiet place. It's really peaceful. And one that I've kind of found recently that I like is the seating area next to Smoke Jumper's Grill. Uh, it's, it's shady and it's usually, there's, as long as it's not super, super busy for eating, um, there's places to sit there and you can, you can, uh, oh yeah, and it's true. The Muppet Courtyard right now is a disaster because it's being reimagined. So maybe not the Muppet Courtyard right now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> same same with Fowler's Harbor right now. So these yeah. are all, if they're not currently under construction, that is a good point. Right. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, and we also have done full episodes on beating the crowds, and we've done episodes on traveling with um, kiddos with special needs. So some of these areas we just rattled off, we've mentioned in those along with a lot of other tips. So if you fall in those categories of special needs or you like really need tips for getting away from those crowds, those episodes are good for you to go back and listen to. We're just kind of hitting some highlights here to kind of give you guys a, a refresher for holiday season. Talking about the holidays, I feel like something we haven't talked about a lot on mom street is meeting Santa. And I feel like that's such a big part of your um, Christmas experience of going for, for many people. Um, and so the times for meet and greets for Santa is usually listed in your, my Disney experience app or your Disneyland app, depending on where you're going. Um, in Disneyland, you'll see Santa is in the Redwood Creek challenge trail in California adventure, or it Pooh's thoughtful spot in Crit Critter country. So those are the two places where Santa does meet and greets. Um, do you want to talk about Disney World's spots? Yeah, so in Disney World, if you're in Magic Kingdom, he meets in the gazebo behind Yield Christmas Shop. Um, and again, check those hours because a lot of the times he's in and out depending. So you want to make sure that you look at those hours. And he is available during the Christmas parties as well. If that's a time that you're going that you want to try to meet him then. Um, at Epcot, he meets in the Odyssey Pavilion. Um, and at Epcot, they also have a lot of like saint nicholas type storytellers that are kind of around world showcase as well so depending on your preference with that um in animal kingdom you can find him on a one of the flotillas which are the little barges that kind of float around um in the waters there at animal kingdom at just wave at santa <laughs> yes that's not a direct like face-to-face -face meet and greet there um at hollywood studios he has a motorcade that comes down hollywood boulevard so again one of those waving situations not a direct meet and greet um and then at typhoon lagoon you can find santa on a bike in beach attire riding around which is like <laughs> it's really fun so much fun <laughs> so much fun i love that they do that there 
Um, I also know that last year they did Santa in Disney Springs where you didn't have to go into a park. So this might be a good thing to do on a, a break day or an off day when you don't have a ticket into the parks. You're doing that. We're, yeah, and we're going to try and meet him at Disney Springs. As long as there's a virtual queue and or the line is not like horrendous. If there's not a virtual queue, we are hoping to find him in Disney Springs on our trip. So. Yeah, so they did have a virtual queue last year for, um, and it, the drops were at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., 3 p.m., and 6 p.m. So we'll see what they are for this year. I don't think they've announced it yet, um, but look for that. Look for a virtual queue option if you want to meet Santa at Disney Springs, and that that's a great way to not have to wait in line while you eat for meeting Santa because yeah. those lines get long. <laughs> yes, and do keep in mind when you're planning that you have to be nearby once upon a toy to be able to enter those virtual queues. So yeah. plan accordingly to make sure, again, leave yourself lots of travel time, all of those things that we've talked about to get to that location before the virtual queue opens. I don't know how quickly it goes. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that looks like, but I do know that once your virtual queue is called, it's a fairly short process, just like you would anticipate it the other you know, if you're using like a lightning lane at the other rides. Um, when I was reading online and doing research for my own trip, a lot of people said like 15 to 20 minutes total from the time you get in line to the time that you're completely done. So the virtual queue is the way to go, in yeah, my opinion, definitely. if that's something that you are able to do. And hopefully, cross our fingers, they have it again. Um, I feel like it was successful. So hopefully Disney gives us that back again. But that happened um, last year. It was around November 11th or 12th, I believe, that that started. Yeah. So here in the next uh, month, we'll, we'll know for sure whether or not that's an option. Yeah, I hope so. I think that's a great one. So mm -hmm. you don't have to necessarily wait in line, especially if you've got kids that are like, just can't can't do that yeah. and how fun is it that it's at the toys like one of the toy stores like that makes it even better i feel like so not that the i mean the other locations that he meets are also really great but like i yeah. feel like that's super fun that he's at the toy store so i think my favorite one i've ever been to is in california adventure and redwood creek challenge trail because it's like mm -hmm. meeting him in the forest that's cool and they have you know like the little book that you can sign like what you want for mm -hmm. christmas and you can write it in and all those things and it's that's just so, so much fun, fun. I love that. And now you found a new, something new with Santa yeah. this year, right? When you were doing your research? I had never heard of this. And I was like, this is crazy. So they have breakfast with Santa in Disney Springs at uh, Maria and Enzo's Ristorante. Um, this is a special ticketed event that begins November 24th, um, includes a family style breakfast, visit with Santa and the elves, a family photo with Santa, some treats, holiday activities, and also for those who are 21 plus, a Prosecco Mimosa. So you can have a mimosa Ooh, with Santa. And meet Santa. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. So this, uh, they have seatings at 930, uh, 945, and 10 a.m. And it's $45 for kids and $69 for adults. And I was like, surely this has been already sold out. This has to be sold out already. And I looked, I'm like, no, there's still lots of openings right now. Get so on it. You get on it right now. <laughs> Um, if you want to have breakfast with Santa, like what a cool um, opportunity so that fun. is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know of anywhere else where you have breakfast with Santa. So that's pretty neat. No. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think that offering. sounds super fun. I know. I wish I was looking at the dates. I was like, oh, those dates don't, they don't line up with when we're going to be there. Darn. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't go by, do it by myself. I feel like yeah. I'm, that's weird, but I would do it with my kids. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I'm like, Maybe. I could do it, but probably not gonna yeah. do that. But yeah. you know, it would be fine. Just be me <laughs> drinking with Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of love that. We just see Kate uh, very sophisticatedly <laughs> drinking her mimosa, just chatting about Disney history with Santa Claus. He's like, what do you want for for Christmas? I'm like, I'm already getting it. <laughs> like, I'm having a break with the mimosa. <laughs> we just chatting it up. We're good. I don't need anything else. Oh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, so other things that... Um, I would say not, you know, like we talked about being weird during Christmas, right? To avoid the crowds. Okay. So, <laughs> so also that applies to not only eating at odd times and things like that, but also applies to doing things that you have never done before. Um, I think that Christmas is a great time for that or or Thanksgiving or Halloween. Anytime when there's a lot of crowds in the parks, go find something that you've never done at Disney and it might just end up being one of your new favorite things. You know, we always like, we always want to do like the major rides and all those things. And yes, we love all those things, but sometimes you can explore something new and make a new memory that you didn't even know that like was possible. So there's things like um, a pirate's adventure in magic kingdom treasures of the seven seas, where you can go and explore and you make all these like little things happen with like, a, it's like a scavenger hunt where little magical things happen when you go do them, which is really fun. Have you done this, Jackie? No, I've seen it, but I have not done it. Um, it's one of those things that like, I hope that we have time for every trip and it just doesn't happen. Um, and this trip, we're not gonna have enough time in Magic Kingdom to make that work. So we'll have to save that in our, our back pocket for the next trip. Elliot and I did it one time when it was like really crowded and we're like, there's literally nothing else for us to do because everything has like hour long waits and yeah. we were just done. So it actually was really fun and we, we enjoyed it. And I think you get a little souvenir card from it as well when you I complete a mission. So. so that's, that's a fun one and it's, it's free. So it doesn't cost extra to do that either. So, um, also I always, I always recommend Tom Sawyer Island and I know everybody's like, Every time I go over there when I'm live and people are like, I haven't been over here in like a decade or like, I've never been there or like, and I get it because it's like you have to yeah. take an extra boat there and like, you know, what is over there to do? But it's so peaceful and it's so much fun for kids, especially. There's lots mm -hmm. of little things for them to climb on and explore. It's like going to nature in the middle of Disney. <laughs> So I definitely recommend that one. Um, also taking rides in the Liberty Bell. If you're in Animal Kingdom, doing some walking trails, um, going to shows you've never seen before. A lot of those shows have pretty high capacity. Just make sure that you're there, not at the time it starts, like give yourself buff extra buffer time because it's the holidays. So, you know, at least a half hour before the show starts, you know, make sure you're in line. Um, you can search for hidden Mickey's, which we've talked about before. And then Ep at Epcot, there's a whole bunch of things to do. Jackie, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So Epcot during their festival of the holidays has several different things that you can do. And we've talked about these a little bit in some of our other Epcot and holiday episodes, but they've got their cookie stroll that they do every year where you go around the different countries and world showcase and you get the, um, you get to sample and taste different cookies. Um, and then Olaf's holiday tradition expedition scavenger hunt, which you know how much I love the scavenger hunts at Epcot. So I think they're so much fun. Um, so that's one that you can do where you go around searching for the traditions. So like if you are familiar with the holiday special from Frozen where Anna and Elsa are looking for their traditions, like, oh, it's just so heartwarming. And I just love that one. Um, but there's a fun scavenger hunt with that. And then, like I mentioned earlier, they do have the storyteller. So every country 
and World Showcase has a holiday storyteller um, that tells different perspectives on the Christmas story or various other holiday stories um, based on their country that they're located in. So that's a really, really cool thing to do, um, especially if you've got kiddos that like will be able to pick out some of the like similarities and differences, you know, maybe a little bit older um, that will really kind of listen to that. Um, but that that's kind of one of those really unique things to Epcot that you can find as well. Yeah, I think it's really fun to get to um, introduce your kids and yourself to some of the traditions in other countries. I think that's really fun. Yeah, and I will add to this kind of talking about doing things you've never done before. We mentioned the resorts, and this goes for, you know, whatever, if, if you're at Disney World or Disneyland, but going to the, the resorts and looking at things that you've never seen before at the resorts during the holidays or the specific decorations that they have can be something fun, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if you're in Disneyland, they, I like to hunt for Christmas trees in Disneyland because they have so many of them. They do in Disney World too have a lot of trees, but there's more in Disneyland because I actually compared notes with our friend Kirk from Walrus Carp last year. I was like, do you have a Christmas tree in every single store on Main Street? And he was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we have like themed Christmas trees in Disneyland on every single store and they're all themed to that store, which is I crazy. And um, they also have them in pretty much every land, especially the one in Adventureland is super fun in Disneyland. So just go on a hunt for Christmas trees and see which kind of Christmas trees you can find That's is a so fun, fun one. I love that. When it gets super crowded, because then you're also in and out of stores. And sometimes during the day, the stores aren't as crowded as they are, you know, at night when everybody's doing their shopping. So, um, yeah. yeah, so that's that's a one of the things that we like to do. Um, so should we talk about specifically escaping the crowds when you're yes. just like done and yes. don't want to be around people anymore? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so something that I just started to touch on that we can kind of elaborate a little bit on is escaping at the resorts. Um, so you can visit any of the resorts on Disney World property. You don't have to be staying there to visit. Um, every resort, as long as you're there late enough, because it doesn't happen right after Halloween, but every resort um, in their lobby areas will have a Christmas tree. Um, oftentimes they are themed to the location that you're going to. So um, depending on what what your vibe is, you may kind of hand pick out some of the different resorts that you want to visit. Like I know Animal Kingdom Lodge is huge on our list this year that we're going to try to get to, to hopefully see the Christmas tree there. Um, Cause that's like my kids, that's their thing is the animals and all that. So mm, be being fun. able to do that and just being able to explore the resorts too and walking around. There's so many really great pathways. Um, I think every resort on property has like a walking path or running path that you can take. If you're someone that like you want to just, you need, you don't want to be in the parks and you need to get out your kiddos, maybe need to burn some energy off because they've just, it's overwhelming and overstimulating taking some of those pathways. Keep in mind they're, they're fairly long. So take, make sure you look at how long they are before you start your, your walk or your jog with them. Um, but well, some just, of them have playgrounds too, right? Yes. Yep. Resorts have playgrounds that you can utilize. Um, they have different, uh, different events and different things that are going on. So typically at your own resort, you can get an idea of, you know, different places have, they have different movies, they have different activities that they do. And we've talked about a lot of this at the, we talked about like activities to do outside of the parks. We highlighted a lot of the specifics with that. So that can be a really good episode if you're looking for what do the resorts have to offer, but they also have different holiday activities. So Google is your friend. If you're looking for certain specific resorts, trying to figure out maybe what they have to offer. Um, 
and those offerings do typically fluctuate week to week. So do keep that in mind as well, that what you see online may not be exactly what you get this year. Yeah, that's good. Um, we also talked about doing, you know, pool time, things that you usually do, take a break in your room at your resort just to escape. We're just, we're huge advocates of taking a break. If you haven't <laughs> noticed by now, we're like, just, just go take a break. Just do it. Or you can take a swim, although I always didn't say take a, if you take a swim, you also need a break after your swim because it's physically exerting and your body's still tired. So, um, you know, try to pair that as well. Um, or, yeah, you can definitely take in one of your park activities, which um, and at your resort you're staying at, there's there'll be a list of things that are going on during the day. Uh, so you can either find the sign that says that or ask um, at the main desk and they'll, they'll let you know what's going on that day. Um, yeah. And keep Something. in mind that some of the resorts have more extravagant Christmas displays than others. So if yeah. you're looking for gingerbread displays or you're looking for a specific giant trees versus kind of more of a standard size tree, definitely looking around to see what is available um, is, is hugely beneficial. I mean, I just went through all of this research too because I was like, okay, I need to find what our, our top options are because this trip, we know it's gonna be crazy crowds and we've already planned like two and a half resort days because we know that's just what we're what we're going to do on this trip um so it was it was one of those things where i was like okay i need to refresh and remind myself what resort has what and where we want to go and all of that but everyone has something a little bit different to offer so definitely keep that in mind yeah and like i know uh was the boardwalk has like the gingerbread carousel usually which is really unique and then you know i don't know if this year they'll do it grand floridian usually has a great big gingerbread house but they're under construction right now so i don't know well they the lobby is finished oh is from it? what okay. i've seen so i think they finished the lobby construction maybe in enough time that they probably have planned to do some Ooh, sort good. of a gingerbread house. i didn't see that they'd finished it i just saw it last yeah time, so it reopened it's maybe been two weeks, two weeks, three weeks since they took the walls down. Um, it, does, it doesn't look much different where they did the construction, but I, who knows what they were working on. So, you know, <laughs> they did something. What it is. Replaced right. the they did somewhere. something over there. But so I think I think we'll be I'm hoping because I have never seen the gingerbread house in existence in oh, person before. Yeah. So that's one that's. Uh, on our list for, when, for this you trip. can usually buy a shingle or whatever too of gingerbread mm -hmm. shingle for the from you know not the actual houses sitting right. there but they make them you know i know on all those good treats one. that they make on the inside like oh uh, mm -hmm. i just i just want to go <laughs> i'm ready i'm ready to go um but yeah so so take a look at the different resorts and see what they have to offer to kind of hand pick out the ones that you want to visit um, another thing you can do to escape the crowds is go on a Christmas tree stroll in Disney Springs, which has been around. It used to be kind of like a Christmas tree walk and then like the world changed a little bit and then they made it a stroll where they just put the trees throughout that you can find. But um, in previous years, this has been a complimentary thing where they'll actually give you a map that has stickers on it that you can when you find when you put the sticker on it um, and uh, that would the locations for the map were at uh, City Works, Planet Hollywood, uh, Uniqlo. I'm saying that right, right? <laughs> I think so. Uh, the Boathouse and Crystal Arts. Uh, those were the places in the past where it's been. They haven't really like announced where it is this year, but we're assuming it'll probably be similar. Um, uh, yeah. So then you get a prize. Last year, I think it was a button that when you complete it. So and it's free. I love that it's free, um, mm -hmm. and it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. So. And do keep in mind, because this is one that we were also looking at, um, it is 
it's fairly spread out. So like, don't anticipate walking through within a minute, you know, a couple minutes. <laughs> no. It is a, it is a fairly extensive process um, because it stretches like the entire length of one side of Disney Springs. So yeah. definitely take a look at that map and kind of visualize <laughs> because we, I, as I was looking it up, I was like, oh, that is extensive. Okay, I need to plan a little bit more time in my day to make sure that we have enough time to get through all of those Christmas trees because that'll be fun for, for my family to do. Like, yeah. So, you know, go and get your virtual queue for Santa. And, That's our plan. And or breakfast with Santa. Yeah. And, and then get go see all the Christmas trees. That That's like our really plan is morning. to get there, get our virtual queue, and then start the stroll until our time gets called and then go see Santa and then finish our stroll. That's so wise. I love it. <laughs> so that's, we're hoping that that works out. I will report back after we get back and let you all know whether or not that worked out. Yeah, I want to hear. And yes, I will, I will keep you posted. And I will probably also do some live streaming from my personal account while we're down there to show off some of the stuff that we're doing too. Because like I said, we're trying to do, again, stuff that we haven't done before or stuff that we just don't typically take the time to be outside of the parks and do. Um, we're kind of focused on those experiences this trip. So I'm excited. Yeah, you go see Santa and I'll go to Jollywood Nights and we'll <laughs> no, you're going to Jollywood Nights too. I am, right? yes, just after <laughs> you. So I, w I think when we are going to do our episode on Jollywood Nights here in a few weeks, it's going to be between our two trips. So it will be your experience and my prep for what I have found too. We're just going to combine it all together. Well, I just think if they if they do projected muppets i think there'll be a revolt like they did at epcot like we i'm trying need muppets i'm trying to not get my hopes up that way i will be <laughs> pleasantly surprised but yes i agree um speaking of fun yes. um i have just a couple of things that are more not necessarily escaping the crowds but just kind of like just for fun to bring a little extra magic to your holiday trip um and this is a little bit more for like christmas specific uh but you could do it for halloween and for other holidays as well um, you can bring some Christmas lights for inside your room. Make sure you unplug them when you're not in your room, just for safety. Um, and I also know you don't want to uh, hang them from any fixtures in the room because you might potentially damage them. So that and that's kind of in the Disney rules as well. So, uh, but you can lay them across tables and dressers um, and, and things like that. Hang them in ways that aren't going to damage anything, yeah. um, and that just makes it a little bit more festive. <laughs> um, and something we've done in the past just at home with our kids while we're driving around in the Christmas season is we get lights that we can plug into something inside our car and then decorate the inside of our car. And then we put on Christmas music and drive around and we're kind of like, you know, it's like a mobile Christmas mobile. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I might have to steal that for uh, future car rides. I think that would be fun. We do it when we go and look at Christmas lights too, yeah. like on the way and we'll, we'll have hot chocolate and stuff like yeah. that. But, um, just if you're driving to or from the parks in Disney, or if you're driving to Disney in general, like for the holidays, I think it would be a really fun way to make it a little extra magical. And I love that. we always surprised our kids with it. We didn't tell them they were doing it. And then mm -hmm. they get in the car and we're like, Christmas. Hey, <laughs> woo. Um, so the other things you can do is uh, things for your room and the interior of a room. You can get window clings for your mirrors. You can get a little mini Christmas tree, just a small one. Um, just but a reminder that you can't decorate any balconies or exterior of your rooms at Disney. They have uh, rules against that just to maintain the appearance and the storytelling of the outside of the building. So uh, keep everything on the inside. Although I will say. 
that a lot of people in the value resorts really like to decorate their windows. Yes. <laughs> that yep. is a thing. You see a lot of that with those big windows that, that look to the outside walkway. So Which I think fun. that you can probably get away with as long as things yeah. remain inside and you're not putting anything on the outside surface of your window, I would say right. you're probably, you're probably okay with window clings. And if you use, you know, like suction cup type mm -hmm. things to hang like lights or things like that, as long as it's not something that's going to damage any of the property, like we said. Right. But it, just a little extra, extra magic yeah. for uh, your vacation. I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, Jackie. No, I've always wanted to decorate in our room and I've never done it. And now you're inspiring me that I may have to do it for this trip. <laughs> Well, it's so fun, you know, when you go on Disney cruises, everybody decorates their door mm -hmm. and put magnets everywhere and all the walls in the Disney cruise are magnetic. Mm -hmm. So you can hang things on your walls with magnets. <laughs> so perfect. I yeah. wonder if the window, like the edges of the windows are have any magnetic spots in the Disney rooms. I don't know. Now I'm going to test it. I'm going to bring a magnet to <laughs> see what sticks to what. No, now I'm curious. <laughs> I could probably look it up because I'm sure people have like blogs about detailing how they decorated their room and what they put where and all that kind of stuff. So I may have um, to look into that. Jennifer says the value resorts, the mousekeeping gives awards for window decorations. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. So that's I really fun. That. So, so decorate cute. your window just on the there inside. Yes. Inside. <laughs> And nothing permanent, nothing that will damage. Right. Is that enough disclaimers? Are we good? <laughs> <laughs> well, I said it like 20 times, but I think it's important that people yes. know that. Yeah, yeah. very true. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the last thing that I just wanted to mention on this episode, unless Kate, you've got anything else to add before nope. we kind of move on is I, I suggest listening to podcasts and reading blogs and YouTubes on people who have done the holidays at the parks. Um, we've got several episodes that can be helpful. We've mentioned some of them kind of throughout this evening. We've got episodes on all of the holidays and the parties. Um, we've got traveling with special needs, like I mentioned, activities at Disney outside of the parks and no wait activities. We say no wait activities. Um, now, some of those may or may not still be accurate for these Disney uh, holiday crowds, but it'll at least give you an idea. Um, and we've got episodes on Genie Plus and how to utilize that. So just going back through and kind of making sure that you've done enough research. We're very big on doing your research and planning out. Um, and I think it's especially important at the holidays that you make sure you've kind of read through the information that's out and available to you. Yeah, absolutely. So at the end of all of our podcast episodes, we have started a new segment called Ask the Moms, where we answer a question from our Mom Street community. Um, it can be related to the topic, unrelated to the topic about any of the Disney parks, um, Disneyland Paris also, now that we've got some experience there. Um, but our question tonight comes from our wonderful friend, Allie Beth. She asked this on our Discord. Um, and her question was, any advice on hotels and children who struggle sleeping in new places, solutions or tips and tricks for that? Yeah. Do you, uh, do you want to go first? Yeah. So I have actually experienced this firsthand on my son's first trip. Um, getting him to sleep was a struggle. Um, so something that I suggest is thinking about kind of what it's going to look like ahead of time and trying to maybe simulate that at home if you're able to. So like my son was 22 months and had never slept since he was old enough to remember, had never slept in the same room as me before. 
And that was very distracting to him yes. because he could see me from his like, pack and Mom? play. <laughs> mm -hmm. He would, and he would stand at the end, mama, mm -hmm. mama, mom? mama, mom. Yeah, mom? literally, literally. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wish that thinking back, I would have done some prep maybe for that to help mm -hmm. him adjust. Cause that was the biggest issue that he had. Um, we also did our best to simulate like the amount of light and things like that um, and stick to his schedule the best that we could try not to put him to bed too late i mean they're gonna go to bed a little bit later because you're at the disney parks if you want them to be able to experience fireworks and phantasmic and things like that um, but trying to keep them on their schedule as much as we could was helpful that way he was napping at the right time and that way bedtime was close to the right time so that way he was getting enough sleep because it was a longer process to get him to sleep. Yeah, we, oh, I had my first, my first child didn't sleep for so long. <laughs> I just like, I remembering it. I'm like, it was awful. And it, it is tough. It's travel. Uh, it always takes three days for kids to adjust to a new sleeping environment. So keep that in mind. If you are losing your mind, that it takes three days and that mm -hmm. might help you to <laughs> make it through the first couple days. Yep. Um, yep. I also, things we used to do, uh, we always travel with white noise always, and mm -hmm. you can get it on an app on your phone even if you don't wanna bring like a small white, white noise machine. There's lots of apps for white noise. And now my kids constantly sleep with that. That like helped us when we traveled in Europe, um, yeah. they had white noise on and it drowned out the very loud sounds of Paris outside our window. <laughs> Because that was a cat. We slept over a cafe and there was like, oh, this is like alarms and oh gosh, it was so much. So white noise is your best friend um, if your kid is used to that. But yes, sim simulating their, their regular environment. And we used to do something, um, we would analyze kind of our space in our room and try to figure out if there was a place to put like the pack and play where they couldn't see us, even if it was like mm -hmm. in the front hallway, just making sure we had enough room to get out if there was an emergency, but like mm -hmm. put placing it in a place where they couldn't quite see us really made a difference yeah. <laughs> for that. Um, my kids also uh, like to bring, my older kids like to bring, you know, blankets and stuffies that are like their comfort ones from home. Yes. Uh, so th that really helps a lot. So things that smell familiar and feel familiar to their skin. Uh, that that helps a lot. And then, yeah, keeping to the your bedtime routine, if you have one at home, you know, we used to do, um, we used to, like, it's been so long. We've been, <laughs> we used to do, you know, baths and, and book and then bedtime, you know, like it kind of do mm -hmm. following the same routine that you always do so that they're familiar with that um, really helps a lot to get them settled. But just recognize it probably will take a couple days for them to adjust and that's yeah. okay. And that's yeah. normal. Yes. And take a breath and try to be patient because it's hard because you're exhausted, they're exhausted. Mm -hmm. um, but I always will say also just in general, my mom advice in any aspect of, of sleep, sleep training, sleeping in a new place, whatever it may be, is just consistency, mm -hmm. trying to be as consistent as possible. And again, that ties into those routines, doing those routines exactly like you do at home and reacting to them in the same way that you do if they were to be in their crib at home. So for example, if at home, if you do more of a cry it out method, do that at the hotel to an extent, you also have to remember you have people sleeping around you. Um, but you know, those types of things, try, try to keep it consistent, try to be calm, try to breathe 
And if you need to, to step out, my husband and I, when it got to the point where we were like, we can't, like, we need to step away. We literally would step into the bathroom area. The bathroom. I was going to say the bathroom. Just <laughs> and leave close, until they fall close asleep. Close the doors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we sat in there um, on our phones for about 20 to 30 minutes, depending. And usually we could, we would be able to peek out and, and he would crash. And that was, Gosh, that was I what ended that. up helping. And then it it took about two nights and then like the second morning he woke up and was like, all right, mom and dad are still here. Okay. We're good. Um, and then like after that, it was, it was much easier. And then we all got sick and then it was a whole different story. And then that was just bad news bears, but, um, but yeah, but like giving yourself that moment to step out, um, because like typically if your kids have been in the same room with you, a lot of the times, if you're at like a family's house or something like that, you can lay them down and leave the room. So they're not staring at you while they're trying to sleep it's hard to do that in a hotel room yeah so yeah it's tough and anytime you walk around i remember so much of us like creeping around our hotel room and like barely breathing making sure they couldn't see us yep (laughs) yep and you have to be really smart about (laughs) the other thing i will mention is being really smart about dividing and conquering the like just family things that need done that night whether it's unpacking your bag repacking for tomorrow we would do a lot of dividing and conquering. One of us would be with my kiddo when we only had one. One of us would be with him and getting him ready for bed while the other one was like very speedily getting the stuff unpacked and repacked as much as we could the night before. Um, And some of that may just have to wait for the morning depending on your situation and what needs done. But thinking about those things because you're not going to be able to do them after they're asleep most of the time, unless you have a really heavy sleeper that once they're asleep, they're out good for you (laughs) (laughs) no Um, so just planning that ahead of time i have a couple of uh comments here some advice um star sprite says i put washcloths over the little random lights in the room and a clip for the curtains for cracks which you can use a clip sometimes i use the um i do this even when i travel by myself I, i use the curtains or not the curtains that sorry the um hangers that have the clips on them if you turn them sideways you can use those to clip the curtain shut so um that's then you don't have to bring one from home and uh nikki says sometimes there's an actual cribs available if you don't want to pack and play but you need to call ahead um and my experience is sometimes those aren't always like the cleanest depending on where you stay (laughs) So bring some extra like sanitizing wipes just in case if you're using one of those just for your own peace of mind. Maybe yeah. that's just me. And I, but... I, I will. Yeah, I, you're not wrong. And I will say, especially because a lot of kids tend to like on their cribs. So like, yeah. you know, that's a normal thing. Yeah. Um, but I will say if you're looking at pack and plays versus cribs, keep in mind that different hotels at on Disney World property offer different things like all the value resorts only have pack and place they do not have any of the true cribs most of the cribs you're going to find at the deluxe level and moderate is going to be a hodgepodge mix of what they have so keep that in mind there are off um property places you can rent from we talked about that oh gosh in episode two maybe of mom street way back when when we were talking about kind of prepping for your trip and what to do ahead of time Uh, we mentioned some different options there so if that's something you need to look into refer back to that but there are places that you can rent them from um i don't know sanitary wise if those are cleaner or not than the disney world ones it's so hard to tell with little littles especially um so yeah just plan on on wiping some stuff down 
And also I would plan on um, bringing your own sheets for those as well Yes, we um, did that. to make Mm -hmm. sure that you have one that's familiar to them, one Mm -hmm. that fits the, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate of safe sleep. So you want to make sure you have one that fits snugly on whatever surface you're using. If it's a pack and play specific sheet or a crib sheet, just making sure you, you throw those in your bag. So that way your kiddo is safe, um, sleep sacks, all of those types of things. Because sometimes they, in those hotels, they'll like, if they have a crib, they'll just tuck a flat sheet around it Mm -hmm. rather than having an actual fitted sheet on it. And I'm just like, that's nope. a no. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, bring your own cheese from home, especially because they also smell like home, which helps mm-hmm. a lot too. So yeah, yes. lots and lots and lots of tips for, can you tell we both had tough sleepers? <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that got me was my kiddo was a really good sleeper at home. So we got there and I was just like, oh, I did not prepare for this. I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind. I was worried about these hundred other things for his first trip and getting there and all of that. But it was just like, oh, cause we even, we were fortunate enough because we drove, we actually brought our own pack and play hmm. because we drove, we were able to do that. Um, so I had done that much and thought about the sheet and the pack and play and like, okay, this will be familiar. That'll be good. But I hadn't even thought about the fact that like, we'd all be going to bed at the same time and he'd be able to see me as he was trying to sleep. So Luckily, my daughter's first trip, she was much older, not much older, an older enough that she was sleeping in the bed and it was much easier with her. I think one trip we got so desperate that we like took all of the extra pillows in the room and stacked them at the end of our bed and made like a wall (laughs) so they couldn't see us. I mean, it wasn't anywhere near their crib, so they couldn't pull the pillows in or anything, but it was like, it just was enough that sorry it was just like enough that they could not see us at all and we just had to be careful not to kick the pillows off it was like it was a last ditch we are exhausted and we need to sleep now measure (laughs) you do what you gotta do it's yeah and maybe that's one of those things that if you've got both parents with you on that trip you you need to rotate out so you both get enough sleep that the next day can still be a successful day yes and if you are in that season and it feels like it's forever and it's never going to be over. Just know that it's not going to be forever. Your kids will outgrow that. Eventually they will sleep. I promise you they will sleep yeah. and it will get easier. It will get harder in other ways, but it'll yeah. get easier physically um, yes. over the years. So just hang in there and know that, you know, take a deep breath and know that you're not alone, that a lot of other moms are going through this right now and that it's mm-hmm. it's normal to need a break sometimes and it's okay to advocate for yourself and say, I need to step away from this right now because I'm frustrated. So yeah, just saying. Absolutely. Um, Kathy B asked a really good question. Can you ship a pack and play to your resort? I suppose you could. I don't know that it would be worth it because of the extra fees and paying to ship it there um, and all that type of thing, because then you'd also have to pay to possibly ship it back. And you'd have to pay extra package fees to receive it too. And you would have to go retrieve it from Bell Services. They wouldn't deliver that to your room because it's a package. Mm -hmm. So I, if anything, I would use a rental company maybe from a local rental Mm -hmm. place. That would probably be the way I would go with that if you needed to. Yeah. Unless, and I mean, if you really are super worried about the the hygiene and how clean those are, then maybe that's worth the extra hassle and and cost to you. But so I would think you would be able to, because you can ship packages to your, your resort. But like Kate said, you'd have to go down and and pick that up and haul it up to your (laughs) 
<laughs> so it depends there. it depends on how yeah. much it's you know if you have the budget for it and you think your right. kid would sleep better then go for it you know but i yeah. probably that wouldn't be my advice to do that if that makes sense yeah. And Kathy yeah. said you could buy one there and then donate it when you're done. And I have seen people do that with like umbrella strollers and things like yeah. that. Um, or they'll leave it like there's lots of Facebook groups for the resorts where people will leave stuff behind in like laundry spaces or or right outside their rooms or, you know, that type of thing. I don't know that I necessarily advocate for that because I feel like sometimes it makes more work for mousekeeping if they're having to clean up all these extras. But yeah. Um, yeah. you could possibly look into something with, with a donation if you if it's if it works with your time frame to be able to do that on your way out absolutely shout out thank you to ali beth for your question for our ask the moms segment yes. um, if you have questions that you'd like us to feature on ask the moms please send them our way um, you can reach us on discord if you are not familiar with our discord it is the pocket fam walrus carp discord that our friend kirk runs it the link for that is in both of our bios that you can find um, we have a whole Mom Street channel on there that you can post on there. You can find us on all of the social medias and all the places. If you prefer to send an email, we are momstreetusa at gmail.com. But we would love to have your questions for our Ask the Mom segment. Yeah, absolutely. These are so fun to answer. It really gets us thinking outside the box. You're like, what did we do? Have, how yeah. have we done this? You know, that's so fun. And we get to get input from you. I mean, you guys had tons of really great ideas for that. Oh, so that's yeah. super helpful. Definitely. Well, thank you everyone so much for joining us for this episode of Mom Street USA. We hope that our tips on fighting the holiday crowds were helpful to you in planning your upcoming trip or a future trip, regardless of the time of year. Um, as always, you can find our previous episodes available on Spotify and all of the places, Apple Podcasts, they're available on YouTube. Um, and remember that our episodes do premiere on the Chip and Co podcast network. So you will be able to listen to this and all of our future episodes there first. Um, I hope everyone has a wonderful evening and we will catch you all next time. Thanks everybody for joining us. We really appreciate you guys. And, and it's really mom street is all of us moms and, and parents together, just figuring out how to plan these Disney vacations the best way we know how. So thank you for being here with us. We appreciate you guys and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everybody.